0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It is the Q Dog coming around for episode 48. Little pregame note here. As I am still in post op recovery, so we got the ladies working the studio. Pretty interesting um, episode here. Uh, as I was in the studio to listen, um, and my wife was just talking about things that she didn't sign up for. And yeah. It's gut check time, but it's all in an effort to help you in your journey. Just celebrate the wins and the losses with us in our journey, and hopefully it makes your journey better. And don't forget to reach out to us via email, coach at com, and also check us out on Facebook at MVSM Podcast. Hey, got mad love for y'all. Have a great Time listening to the episode. We look forward to more of your continued feedback. Until next time, Rota. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. Man versus Marriage podcast.
1: Welcome back to Man versus Marriage. This is Coach Rita. I didn't introduce myself last time, and I have the honor to have Jeannie here. We're just going to continue our conversation in in dive right into the marriage aspect of how do you all do this? Eight kids, <laughs> three kids with autism. Where do you guys have time for each other? Like where do you guys, I guess the best question to, to ask right off the bat is how did this affect your marriage?
2: Oh, um, depending on what time frame you're looking at, it's right. been a different effect the whole ride. Um, when we first found out about the autism with Hannah and Kirsten, I disengaged from everything and went straight into how do I fix this? Mm-hmm. And he was working two jobs and trying to do what he could to keep his sanity outside the house. Right. Um, so we, we kind of just floated in the beginning. We, we were married, but we were just kind of in the same house going through the motions and, you know, every now and then you doing okay. Yep. I'm good. You good. Yep. I'm good. Okay, cool. And we kept going. Um, when Hunter's diagnosis came out, I think that hit Quincy the hardest.
1: So, did that come out after you already knew about um, Kiki and um, mm-hmm. Hunter's came out last?
2: Hannah. Oh, okay. Hunter was eight when we got his oh. diagnosis because he's hard. He was born hard of hearing. Right. A lot of the behaviors oh, that's right. Were the that's same. what you said. So right. the symptoms and the behaviors were the same, and they missed. The doctors missed it. We missed it. We. were... Me, honestly, I was so focused on Kirsten because she took the worst turn mm-hmm. that I kind of didn't even think to look for stuff with him. Right. And I was pregnant constantly. Yeah, Quincy Quincy went into complete denial because we had already been hit with hard of hearing. Right. And he's the only boy. And at right. the time, that was difficult because I was pregnant and we found out again we're having girls. And... um. It just it spun him for his son to have these issues right. because that's his legacy, his namesake, mm-hmm. um,
1: which is huge by the way. It for It is. Quincy. It is. Just I'm putting that out there. I so think that it is people... for most guys. A, I a think lot it of guys too.
2: want a son to carry on their right. their name, which right. I understand. Um, he and I were kind of just floating along for a long while. We we were together, but we weren't together. How long would you guys say you were just kind of like? Idle? Would it be
1: idle or disengaged? Would it be denial?
2: Ten years. Easy. Just because we had the constant pregnancies, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's a toll. Yeah. I'm emotional all the time. (laughs) Right. And he's trying to keep bills paid and food on the table and diapers on people with diapers. And we had five kids with diapers at one point. That was an insane task all in itself. Um, We had a lot of outside influences Mm -hmm. at the time that were barraging us with reasons why we had autism and seizures and their Uh, ideas mm -hmm. of what was causing it and what we needed to do to fix it. And, um, you know, our parenting was not what others wanted us to do because a lot of people, much like us, thought you just need to discipline them Mm that you'll fix it. Just discipline them. Okay. Well, when you find out that the kid you've been disciplining for five years is autistic. So disciplining was not the right thing to do. Right, It crushed both of us. Right. The realization of what I was taught doesn't work here. Mm -hmm. And I think so many
1: times people, uh, you know, outside looking in you know they they come at it with it's just a tantrum right I mean they they say things like smack that they just they just need to discipline that kid it's all like a behavior kind of thing and and everyone is so free to give their opinions and thoughts when really I think back then it was something that was I don't want to say very new but it wasn't like it is today. No. I don't think, but you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm there, living it through your guys' eyes. There's
2: still that hang up and that stigmatism of, well, everybody has autism now. Right. And, and people look at you thinking you're using that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just put it on the table. There is no advantage to autism. I do not care if they are a savant. I do not care if they are the, the lowest on the spectrum. There is no advantage to this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just reality check. And this isn't victim mentality. This is just reality check. We have been through everything from tantrums because they can't speak to tell you what's wrong. Mm -hmm. We've been through, I have literally gotten the crap beat out of me because my kid couldn't tell me her stomach hurt. Right. It's that simple. Um, We've had moments where like right now Hunter is at the age where he's 18 18 means I'm a grown up and right. I need to get my license and drive a car and have a girlfriend and you know get a job. And he's coming to understand you can't do these things. Your level of autism does not allow that to happen. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. And he understands that. And it hurts because I can't change it. Right. He understands it, but he his mindset is oh, well, okay, well, dad's just gonna teach me to drive. Dad'll teach me, it's fine doesn't work that way right and so many people i think look at it as a perspective of you're you're using it to get what you want out of school or you're using it to get what you want out of the state or all these various things mm-hmm. look if i didn't have to have any of that stuff right. i would trade it and put a it heartbeat. into
1: perspective
2: i love my kids i i wouldn't change them for the world mm-hmm. except that one thing right. we have a saying in our house autism is a hole it's not my kid. It's the disease. Right. It's, it's the, the thing that afflicts them. It's I not who they are. No, it doesn't define them. Right. But at the same time, my life is not going to be my own ever because I'm going to be taking care of these three people for the rest of my life.
1: Mm-hmm. So how, let's go back and, and how many years were you guys married before Hunter a year. Okay. So, Ta-da. you're just like newly married <laughs> and um you get pregnant and Hunter comes and then how many years
2: later before the Hunter was a year old and we found and then, out I was 6 So six basically pregnant. you guys are like in marriage maybe 3 years, maybe? When we found out about the autism? No, we were No, just having the kids. Oh, I'm, having the kids? Oh yeah, we were married a year just past a year, like two weeks after our anniversary, we found out we were pregnant with Hunter. And then, on his one year birthday, he found out we were pregnant again. and then three four weeks later, we found out we were having triplets. So like you're a newly married couple, really?
1: Uh-huh. and you have four children uh-huh. <laughs> Like, how do you wrap your head around that and and I know you said you guys were pretty much in denial for like right denial for like ten years and in all of it because you were just going through. We just wanted to get through the day, honestly. The motions of we had so
2: much going on at various times and different. Autism wasn't the only thing that was affecting us. Right, right. There was so much going on with everything else. Now, I just want to put it, not a disclaimer, but I just want to put
1: this out there that you guys have always planned to have a big family. Oh, yeah. From the get-go, right? We knew from from
2: the beginning. See, I knew that too, but I just wanted to put that out there just so that people are like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And honest truth, it's my oddity, but I can't do odd numbers. So when we got to Ashland and we had five, let's just try one more. Okay. Well, one turned into two and then it was like, okay, that's seven. Let's try one more time. That last one, the doctor told us if we do it again, we'd be choosing between me or the baby. Mm. And that pretty much shut everything right. down. If we had our way, we would probably have a couple of more. If we didn't have everything that's already currently on our right. plate.
1: I, n- I remember you guys saying that. I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is me because everybody lives their life differently. Right. What the
2: hell? <laughs> it's
1: just what I was just
2: my own personal thought. You know, me coming from you know, I only have two kids. What do I know? Well, like, I have an older sibling, but we're almost six years apart and I was lonely growing up. Mm-hmm. Well, heck now you aren't lonely anymore. <laughs> Dude, none of our kids will ever be lonely, but that's that's the beauty of it. And everything that has happened and transpired over the years in the last three years, two years. All of a sudden, they're like the closest they've ever been. They mm-hmm. even in their differences, they have each other's back. They right. take care of each other. It's such a different dynamic now. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, everything that I wanted in the beginning is just now coming, starting to, to come together. Right. But we had to go through hell to get here. Mm-hmm. But it it's so. How would you
1: say what what? Okay, so you went through the marriage um, conference and, and the reality of where you both were at, like set in. So what was it in you that said things have got to change between you and Quincy? I'm not talking about the whole aspect of, of the kids and everything, but just between you and Quincy and everything that you guys have gone through for the first 10 years Then you get to a point where it's like, okay, like what was it in you that decided?
2: We, we got to a point where we just weren't connecting Mm -hmm. and Quincy and I have had a non negotiable from day one. Divorce is not an option, right? We will do everything we can until there's nothing left to do before either one of us will sign on a dotted line Mm -hmm. that, that was from the beginning. Um, And so that's kind of where the rubber met the road when Hannah and Gracie both went in the hospital at the same time and everything in our life exploded. Mm -hmm. I hit my breaking point and I finally had to come to terms with, I've been for myself. I felt like I was doing this by myself Mm -hmm. because he was working and outside the house and doing his thing to keep his sanity. He was working out a lot. He wasn't home a lot. Right. And that's not a dig at him. That was how he had to deal. Mm hmm. And I get it because it, if somebody came and said, I'm going to watch the kids, I was gone. Right. I needed a breather, even if it meant going to Walmart where all the crazies are and just feeling somewhat normal for right. a minute. That's what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my break was doing my grocery shopping. That's right. how scary this is. <clears throat> but um, I was lonely. I was scared. I was terrified. I had so much on my plate. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And we had to come to a place of... Either we're going to do this together or we're not. And I didn't know which one he was going to choose. I honestly thought he was going to bail. Really? I did. I really did. Because going through all of that and not doing that emotion check, Mm -hmm. I carried all the guilt. I don't want to be a burden to him. I don't want to add any more to what he's going through. The same thing I'm going through. If I add to this, it's just going to make it worse. He's going to feel even worse because... He already, at the time, bills weren't getting paid. We had almost lost our house. We had all these checks coming against us. And yeah, we were getting food from the local food bank just Mm -hmm. to make sure the kids had food. He and I would skip. Right. Just to make sure they had what they needed. We didn't go out. We didn't date. We didn't do any of that stuff Mm -hmm. because.
1: You were so confined to your circumstances. Exactly.
2: And for me, it was, I'm not going to guilt him once I unleash all of this onto him and tell him what I'm really dealing with, mm-hmm. he is going to run for the friggin' hills. I know it. Right. And I already had that fear in the back of my head that he was not going to be able to come to the plate at this. Mm-hmm. It was just too much to deal with me, not the kids, but just me. Right. Because by the time you and I had started getting into this, that was like dragging teeth. Uh, that I I do not do change well I do not do confrontation well for myself right you put me in an aspect with my kids or my husband is totally different animal but for myself it's I'll just deal with it it's fine whatever mm-hmm. no big deal so w- while you and I finally came to grips with there's so much crap under here that we haven't dealt with we pulled him in for one session and I think that one session is what just cracked everything yeah (laughs) that cracked everything and got us to where the first thing we did was we made an absolute we have to have a date night every week we have to i need to get out and we need to have a conversation Mm -hmm. and it couldn't consist of the rules were simple right no finances no children right no discussing the house it had to be How are you? Where are you? What are you emotionally dealing with? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what what are our dreams, our hopes, or whatever, but it had to be about us.
1: And I think if I could just jump in just to say that I think sometimes we underestimate our spouse either way. We underestimate the commitment, the love, um, the understanding, the patience, that we underestimate... When when I'm ready to like release these emotions, these feelings, all of this stuff that we've stacked up throughout all the years, just seeing you and, you and Quincy, you know, process your way through it, work your way through it, you both were there at the end of the day for each other. Mm-hmm. More so than what I thought, I think you guys thought going into it. Because I think we underestimate that, that it's like out of a fear of being rejected because if I am really truthful and I am really honest with my feelings and this is where I'm at, what is that other person mm-hmm. going to do?
2: Well, see, at the time when... when when the triplets were... what were they? Let's see, Anissa, I was pregnant with Anissa the last year you coached football. That was... The turning point year. Mm -hmm. We figured that out listening to that last episode. That was the turning point year. That's the year that we came into the classes. That's the year that everything shifted. She, my parents moved. Um, We had learned that three of our kids had been molested under our own roof. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: My dad had just found out he had cancer. And we literally just moved into our house like that week and here I was nine months pregnant with baby number eight and he was gone all the time for coaching and football and things like that and I just broke I can't do it anymore right you have to be here with me I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and um it it took me a long time to come to that because I felt guilty taking football away from him because that was his outlet. That was his release. Right. You know, nothing like standing on the sidelines, screaming at a bunch of guys, watching him hit each other. It took all of his aggression out for him and it was great for him, but it sucked for me.
1: Right. I remember that. Uh, I, 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 I remember coming to terms with, um, understanding Quincy's view as far and Quincy you could definitely correct me if I'm wrong because you're sitting right next to me um in in his mind in 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 the mode of being the man to protect to provide that was the mode that Quincy was in is to provide it was a job so he was all in and he didn't even like connect the fact that him being gone all those hours meant anything because being gone all those hours was him providing his paycheck. Right. So, so where, where was your issue? Like, what was, you know, what was the reasons behind it? But then if you don't feel it could be husband or wife, if you do not feel as though you are the priority, in this relationship, of course you're going to feel like, I explained it like being on the back burner. Like everything he's doing in his own mind is saying I'm providing for my family, but for you and how you saw it was you were just on the back burner, just holding out there because Quincy's just doing her thing or doing his thing. So until I think... Quincy had an enlightenment of oh wow I never saw it from your view your perspective like let me just step outside of myself for a minute and let's see where my spouse is coming from most of us don't take that time to do it because because we are so focused on well, this is what I'm doing my husband falls in the trap I don't know if it's like a man thing and I don't want to you know me I never want to like stereotype it but um, you know, my husband's the same way. You know, I work. I'm providing. It's like, this is what they're thinking. But it's like, but hello? Hello? Where do I fit on this spectrum of your life? If,
2: if you look at, 20, at 2007, okay, the year that she was born, he was just getting ready to go into football. Mm-hmm. and hmm For the season. For the season. And I was two weeks from my due date. It's like... No, that was the same year we got the diagnosis Mm -hmm. for both Hannah and Kirsten. We had had back-to-back. Hannah had just had her shunt revised twice, two weeks before football started. We had just gotten the whole, I mean, everything stacked within days of each other. And I'm nine months pregnant, so (laughs) emotions are already here. And I lost it. I just broke. And it was like, either you're with me or you're not. And I think that that conversation, we we didn't have an argument. We had a come to Jesus moment mm-hmm. where it was, at, I straight up asked him, do you want out? Because now's your chance. If right. you want out, let's just, and that was a non-negotiable for us. So for him, I think that was the light bulb that went off. It was like, okay, everything needs to stop. There's definitely an issue here. And then that's when we started looking for, how do we fix this? Right. That's when the classes came into play. That's when the coaching came into play. For me, it was, it was just starting to realize there's an issue, but we didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And everything around us just kept telling us, oh, it's just circumstances. It's the autism, it's this, it's, and it wasn't. It was that we never came to grips with, how are you feeling? This is not my fault. This is not your fault. We're not a burden to each other. We agreed to do this together. Right. We, we have a joke between the two of us mm-hmm. and we say it all the time. I signed a contract. Mm-hmm. I tell him all the time, you know, when he, he goes through the surgery and he's like, you yeah, know, I'm really sorry. You have to, I signed a contract, dude. I, I signed up for this. I knew this. Right. All this other crap we did not sign up for. <laughs> but the marriage and taking care of each other and seeing each other through it. I signed that dotted line and I did it intentionally. So mm-hmm. whenever things kind of go that direction, that's that's the throw out of, hey, dude, I signed a contract. We're all good.
1: That's like your focus of this is the commitment that we made. Exactly. It's not like all happy and Skittles and rainbows and unicorns all over the place. No. Marriage isn't like that. Marriage is messy. Um, you know, from, from you just coming into a marriage, say in your 20s, you develop and you grow and you mature and you change. And, and I think sometimes we all get stuck in that, well, we're in our twenties and this is how we should always be. And we never allow ourselves to change, to mature, to grow, to be different. Mm -hmm. And, and so many times we just think, you know, it's the happily ever after. And it, it is, but it's just an how you see it and your perspective on marriage. And if you go into it thinking that it's always going to be happily ever after, holy crap, you are setting yourself up for failure. Because marriage isn't like that. Marriage is messy. Marriage has some things that you get thrown. And there's like no really a handbook until you get in it, until you come to the realization, oh my gosh, like we need help. Like we need an intervention because this isn't going to work. It This isn't going to work out if we continue to do life like this. But sometimes I think it takes those come to Jesus moments yeah. that you both have and you both realize that there has to be an outside voice coming in. A voice of reason is what I always say. It's just a voice of reason because when you're in chaos, you don't, have any reason? I do
2: not. I, you, did you put me in anything that disrupts my flow of life? Get away from me, right? Because everything around me is going to explode in about 10 seconds flat. Mm-hmm. Um, for Quincy and I, I think what really shifted everything was having that first conversation and admitting I felt guilty, right? And him admitting that he wasn't trying to pull away from me, he was just trying to do his job. Right. But also that coming to grips with, there was resentment there for past issues. There was um, distance between the two of us of trust because you said we were going to do this and we never did that. And then me expecting you to do this and you never did it. Those things came in and we just didn't even see it slide under the rug and make its way and just get nice and comfy cozy here, you know? Right. But what we did do is... We sought out the coaching mm-hmm. and we had rules. We had to go on a date every week, period. And it was not allowed to be a movie. <laughs> we found that out in there. Right? We, we did just, especially on days where autism took over the house and I was fried. Mm-hmm. Quincy would find the funniest movie we could find and we would go, or he would find me a chick flick, something that he knew would completely take me out of my world right. for two hours. And that's fine. I appreciated it. But we also had to have airing the grievances. And we had to have rules for those conversations. Now we have no rules conversations. They're totally different, but it's along the same lines. Um, And we had to check in with each other. Mm -hmm. Throughout the day, he was texting me or calling me. Where are you? Where's your head? Just because I was home with all of this. And he was at work with a completely different set of situations. Right. But that way he didn't come home and get bombarded by, do you know what your kid did? Do you know what's been going on? And you need to be the disciplinary or you need to take care of this. That was all and stuff that we had to come to grips with. And then the final thing that we started doing was we started weeding out the negative. If you were a person in our life that wasn't feeding into what we were doing, we slowly started working that out and going you know what this is not acceptable to what we're trying to do right this is not that's hard it's really hard and it stripped a lot of people that we loved and we held on to for years and we held on to them strictly out of guilt mhm not wanting them to, not wanting to hurt anybody basically right. but at the same time This isn't what we're trying to cultivate in our house. This Mm -hmm. isn't the kind of marriage example I want for my kids. Right. We wanted something. We went from, you know, where are you? Okay, we're good. Quincy's like, I don't want good, I want best. And that's just who he is in everything. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about my husband, if you're with him, you're going along for the ride, whether you want to or not. You're going for the ride because he's going to take you. He's Mm -hmm. just going to drag you with him. I'm glad he did because I probably would have just stayed in meltdown. You were kicking and screaming, but you went, uh, you know, and I still am. There are still that this is not the easiest conversation. Oh, and I,
1: I, and I express this with Quincy too. You know, I give you both huge amount of kudos because I know this conversation is very sacred. I know that for years, you guys just, um, I don't want to say refuse, but this is just something that you guys do not talk about. It's not open like an open book or it's not freely given out. This is something that is very near and dear to your guys's heart. And, and I think I truly believe, like I said before, this is your guys's story. This is your guys's truth of, of helping people out there. Um, who have families in the same circumstances that, that you're in and giving them the tools and, and being honest and genuine and real when it comes to dealing with autism, when it comes to dealing with all of these, you know, having multiples in your family. Just um, kids in general. I just mean... <laughs> Right, just raising kids themselves. Just being married itself, you know, and then bringing all these other... Um, All these other, what do you want to call it? Not obstacles, but moving parts (laughs) (laughs) in all of this. You know, I just give you guys kudos because I know it's not an easy topic. It's not an easy conversation, but I think it's one that needs to be heard. And so, you know... I really just thank you guys from the bottom of my heart that you guys are open to do this because I think it's really important that people hear because not only just, like I said before, you listeners might not be dealing with autism, but are, have you been disconnected for 10 years based on something that has happened? Some circumstances that have happened in your marriage? Have you guys not put absolutes down? Are you, ha- are you not having date night? I mean, we could just go on, down the list.
2: You know, you asked me a question in one of my first sessions when it was just you and me before Quincy and I had even mm-hmm. tried working on us. And it was simple. Do you want to be married where you live in a house, you sleep in the same bed, your kids are here and you go through the motions, bills are paid, everybody's taken care of, or do you want to have a marriage where you two are part of each other, you know each other, you love each other, you're building each other up, you're doing things together. And when everything else disappears, you're gonna be together doing life. Or if you're married, You're going to be sleeping in separate rooms in the same house, but it's just my friend who lives down the hall. Right. Which one do you want? That was probably the biggest question in all the stuff that you and I worked through in the beginning that was just like, holy crap. What do you want? What do I want? And you know, that's right. That's really what it it boils down to is what do you want? Right. And what are we going to do to get there? And
1: I think that's a great question to end it there that you <clears throat> listeners could just ask yourself, what is it that you want? Do you want a roommate or do you really want a marriage? And it takes work. It takes commitment. It, ca- it takes, you know, just perseverance and just really wanting the best for each other and bringing out the best to each other. So once again, I thank you for listening to Man versus Marriage. Um, we're going to continue this conversation, and I'm going to get in a little bit deeper with some good Yay. questions um, for okay. Jeannie. And it's it really is for the listeners, for you guys out there, so stay tuned.
0: The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? you got to live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly really about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man Vs. Merit, the podcast.